Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. If you have any questions or you want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to gracelife.me. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout the week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download your apps. Now let's get to this week's message in our You Asked For It series, a series designed from questions we've received from you. We are in a a series, You Asked For It, and you did earlier in the year. You guys asked some questions, frequently asked questions, and we are answering the question, what is the Sabbath? Actually, Ryan is. Let me introduce you to Ryan Peterson. He is the senior associate at Grace Church in Southern Pines, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah? yeah. Welcome yeah, in. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I've already heard him once, so I know what you got to look forward to. This is awesome. Open up both spiritual ears. Get ready, okay? I think that's all I need to say. Is that all your notes? Yeah. yeah you, I did. did you get that one? I, I, I'll, I'll yeah. let you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kent. Thanks. So excited. Uh, hello, Grace Life. You guys doing well? So uh, I asked this first service, but I know it shifts. And uh, I know people sit in particular uh, areas of the room for different reasons. You know, you got friends, you have family members. But I also know that there's a, there's a, a section of the room that interacts with me best. Uh, so when I'm discouraged and I really make a good point and I just need some affirmation and I get some feedback verbally, which section is that? Just Okay, okay, a little bit right here. And then there's also another, I got you, there's also another section that likes to take notes, you know, just, no, and then, and then you just write it down, a couple of hands. See, you don't even, you don't even hear them. They're just like, mm-hmm, you know, I love it. That's right. So um, we have a house divided, and it's right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, man, well, let me, let me pray for our time. We're going to get into a subject that, um, that is, uh, honestly, every time we do this, it's dangerous. I don't, I don't know if you, if you um, hang out with this idea, prayer, worship, church, uh, breaking open the Word, all of it is dangerous because you're interacting with the Holy God that we've got no reason to approach but because of Jesus, he wants us to approach it with boldness and confidence. And, and if we do, we're probably going to be changed. Isn't that the word of the day? We're probably going to be changed. So let me pray for our time. Father in heaven, we pray that our reality would actually come in interruption of yours. You brought the kingdom of God down. You brought heaven here. So, Father, we want to see you. We want to experience you. We want to hear you so that we can know exactly what you're doing in our lives, so that we can like, actually live out the will of God, the perfect and pleasing will of God. So, Father, we pray for our time as we break open the bindings of the word. I pray that you'd break open the bindings of our heart so that you can speak to the depths of who we are and change us, so that you would do the impossible and break down the walls that we've built up so that we can live a lifestyle of worship. Father, we pray that in Jesus' name. And if somebody agrees, you said? Amen. I just figured you guys would be louder at that amen. But anyway, <laughs> so the topic that we're talking about, some of you, um, you know, maybe not be familiar with the word Sabbath. It's kind of a weird word, definitely not a vernacular that we use. So um, uh, you, usually what, what we would have is, hey, how was your weekend, right? I don't know if you've been approached recently by someone coming up to you and be like, hey, how was your Sabbath? You're like, 
my what? You know, is that a derogatory statement? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But we've changed that, right? Way back in the day, God made the Sabbath, but we, come on somebody, we made the weekend, right? One day wasn't good enough for us, so we said we probably need Saturday and Sunday. Come on, anybody good? Anybody good for the weekend? Anybody like the weekend? Again, this section mostly, but you know, we'll, we'll get there. It's almost like a wave. You know, it's coming. So, so you guys like the weekend as well, but, but um, when we go back in time, we actually have to entertain the historical look on why and when and how God made that day. And so at the very beginning, you probably know how it goes. Genesis 1, chapter 1, in the beginning, there was nothing. The world, the earth was formless and void. There was dark. God said, let there be light. And there was, <laughs> come on, you guys know your Bible. I love it. And there was, there was light. So whenever God spoke it to be, it was And so he set up first day, work one, checked in, time card punched, one, two, three, four, five, six, work days, six days of innovation, six days of creativity, six days of new things. Can I just give you a glimpse of what your work week needs to look like? Six days of innovation, six days of creativity, six days of an expression about who you are coming out in the creation of what you do. Come on, you catching this, somebody? The expression of who you are needs to come out in what you do. Do you love to work? It should come out in your work. Are you a man of excellence? Are you a woman of excellence? It needs to come out in your craftsmanship. Proverbs actually says, if you will see a skilled worker, he will be represented before kings. Come on, we need to elevate our work ethic so that people don't even know who we are, but they know that we're Christian by the work that we put in. If you're a student, we need to turn in papers and, and study and put tests down and have scores so that we can resemble the excellence of our God that we represent. So six days, imagine it, six days would set up so that God said, this is the establishment of work. I'm going to have an expression of my nature and my character in the goodness of what I put. And then seven day came around and he called it something totally different. He called it holy. Now, holiness is something that we maybe know a little bit about, but let me just tell you the definition. Holiness is the idea that it is set apart, that it is, it is one to itself. Can I just tell you what your day of rest, your Sabbath day should look like? Something that you do on that day that you don't do any of the other six days. Primarily, work. Whatever you do to work for the six days, don't do it on the seventh. God said, I'm going to actually tell you what to do, but then I'm going to step back and show you. God didn't need to rest. He is amazing. He is powerful. He never has limits. He doesn't even have a body to shut him down. He doesn't doesn't even sleep. He is inside and outside of time. He is not limited by any factors that we are. But at the same time, he took the seventh day and he stopped and he rested and he called it holy. Holy as if to step back and to set up a system and a structure to say, on the seventh day, I'm inviting you, just like Jesus did in Matthew 11, I'm inviting you to come, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come on, somebody, you catching this? The weekend, that day of rest, that seventh day is, is almost like God just created it. And he doesn't, he doesn't proclaim it. He doesn't market it. It's not on your news feed. It's not right there on Instagram and Twitter. But it's just quiet, tucked away, hidden, like one of the greatest mysteries of all time. Just sitting there, one of your seventh day, the seventh day is just sitting there with a massive banner over the top. Come, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you just at the end of yourself? Come to that day. 
He says, come to that day and I will give you rest. I'm going to give you rest like the world knows nothing about. I'm going to give you rest for your soul. I'm going to give you rest for your soul. And take my burden upon you because mine is easy. My burden is light. There, there, is a, there is a placement that God has given you inside of that day of rest that is beyond anything else we can imagine. But I, I don't want to talk about the one-seventh Sabbath day. I don't want to talk about the rest day until we actually establish the six working days. Because you know how they actually come together. You know how they come together on you can't rest really well until you work really well. Come on, you catching this? You can't rest thoroughly until you work thoroughly. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever allowed your pleasures to come into your business, the thing that the comforts to come into your challenges and just kind of weave them in day in and day out and every single moment be like, hey, I need a reprieve. I need a break. I'm exhausted. My Monday looks like my Friday. My Saturday is, is moved into my Wednesday and, and there's no difference between the two. It's whenever you go to bed at night, but your mind is still going. Come on, somebody, you got me? It's, it's whenever you're, when you're at work, but you're not fully there. It's whenever you're at home with your wife or your spouse and you're not really fully there. You're physically there, but your heart's not there. Come on, you catching me? That's when we know that we've done something wrong. We need to have six working, hard working days so that we can have one solid rest day. My theory is we're not going to really know what fully rest is until we know what full work looks like. God allowed it to be so. He, he actually reminds us in Colossians 2, you don't work for man, but it should be the excellence that you work for God. It should be re- represented in the representation of all the things that you do, that you work for God, not for man. And so, so that should happen all the way through the week. And this is a beautiful thing that shouldn't go into the next corridor of your life. So he gives us a glimpse of what this looks like. Check out Genesis chapter 2. I'm only going to show out a a couple truths here, but if you want to write them down, hang out with them later, go check them out in your Bible. Uh, This is is a day of creation, six days already gone, seventh day it's there established. And then Genesis 2 comes around and he says this in verse 2, Now on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. Do you see the repetition in that? He had finished the work that he had done. He had finished the work that he had done. He rested on the seventh day. He had finished the work that he had done. Are you catching this? But there's a key in there. At the very beginning, I, wanna, I want you to say the underlying word that's going to pop up here in verse 2. On the seventh day God finished. There's key for us to realize we are a society that's really good about starting things. Come on, we're going to start things, but we're not necessarily going to finish something. We're not really amazing at finishing because we don't know the cost of what it takes to really finish a project. See, we'll try out marriage, but if it doesn't work, then I just won't finish it. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to try out my work, but if it doesn't work for me, I'm not going to work for it. Oh, my goodness. I'm stepping on toes because it's not just in this room. It's in our society that we buck submission. We don't really like to come underneath anything. If my boss doesn't do it for me, I'm just going to go find another one. That's not at all what God had in mind. Maybe what you need to come under is authority so that you can be changed, so that you can go out into society and see the change that you're ready to become. <laughs> So, so when it comes to it, we need to know that God finished his work. You get into a marriage because you're going to finish it. You go into a work until you finish it. Now, that, that doesn't mean that we can't change jobs, get promoted, move around, 
shift states, move to city to city. God has us change for, for our reasons, but it can't be for selfish reasons because then we're just living our life and we're not living God's life, which he has called us to follow. God finished his work. Then he rested. He finished his project. He gave it his all, his mind, soul, spirit, his body. That's what we need to do. Give it our all so that we don't go to bed still thinking, I've got so much to do. I've got so much to accomplish. And, and on that note, we can't, we can't say my job is my nine to five and then at five o'clock go and feel like, gosh, I just, can't, I just can't give any energy anywhere else. I just have to go veg. I gotta go relax. Let me just put on the game. Let me just watch TV. Because then what we're doing is actually pushing our family away. Come on, you catching this? What we need to do is finish our work so it stays there, but actually have energy to come back at home and lift up our spouse, encourage them, love on our kids, get down on the ground and play with them so that we can actually do what we're called to do with our family. We need to finish that job too because as parents, we are called not to be exhausted after work, but actually put everything that we have into parenting so that we can love on them. Not out of the exhaustion, but out of the abundance. That's what they need. They want to see the abundance so that we can actually give them an example so that one day whenever they grow up, they can see what work looks like, what marriage looks like. Because our sons are going to grow up to be just like their fathers. Are we representing what Jesus would actually show inside of our house as well as in our work? That's what God's interested in. Integrity, the congruence between the public life and the private life. And when we look at this particular idea, we, we know that God's in this six days you work, seventh day you rest. But how many of you know that, that on the seventh day, the Sabbath, the rest, you know, the, the Sabbath idea isn't limited to a day. Sabbath isn't supposed to just be for a day. It's not just supposed to be for the seventh day. It's not just supposed to be for the weekend. Now, God set this system up so that we can actually encounter it in two places. So let me suggest to you that the Sabbath is both a place and a posture. It's a place so that it can change our posture. Do you guys know anything about cultures? Anybody been to Disneyland, Disney World? There's a culture to that place, you know what I mean? There's some excitement even mentioning that. So when you, when you get in there, you can't help but just saying, man, this is a totally different environment. I'm having fun. I sort of feel like at 50, I'm a kid again. Come on, you know what I mean? Because there's a culture where you go to a place, the place is supposed to change your posture. It changes your attitude. Let me tell you the opposite idea. Have you ever been to a hospital? It has a culture to it, doesn't it? It has a particular posture and behavior and attitude that it makes you feel when you go in there. Not really sure that I like to go in there. Don't really know what emotion to feel. Sometimes there's heaviness. Sometimes there's death lingering too close. Sometimes there's happiness for healing. Sometimes there's hope for some medical things. But nonetheless, there's a culture that these things provide. God is setting up not just the seventh day, but also an invitation for us to have the posture, the attitude, the condition of our soul so that we can experience that. And sometimes it takes a moment on our calendar. Sometimes it, it, it means we have to sketch out a place to make it a priority way before it becomes a lifestyle. Come on, you catching this? If it's really going to mean something to you, then it's going to take your money and it's going to take your time. 
Those are two valuable things for us. If Sabbath rest, if our resting of our soul doesn't take our money and our time, then we're not actually going to enter into it. And sometimes it takes us moving out our calendar so that we can find a place for rest so that we can actually have the posture, the attitude, the condition of our soul changed. Because Jesus said this. He says in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is this conversation about the Sabbath day because these guys were legalistic way back in the day. And he comes up with a conversation. He says, listen, can I tell you a a particular parable? It's It's a proverb. It's a truth almost about the Sabbath. He goes, the Sabbath was made for you. You're not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you to come alive. The, the, the man was not actually made so the Sabbath could be limited, right? You're not, you're not limited by a law. You're actually supposed to become freed by it. Come on, you catching me? You're not under the law. You're under grace, but we still actually apply it to our lives. So he says the Sabbath was made for you. So I hope that you use it so that it can actually get what you need. Rest, life, hope, freedom. Didn't Jesus come for, for freedom? Then are you experiencing that freedom? Didn't Jesus come to bring you hope of another world? Are you experiencing that hope on the Sabbath day? But the, the Sabbath moment isn't just a seventh day. It's also a place. Jesus practiced this. You see it all throughout the Gospels. Every once in a while, he would dismiss his disciples. You ever see that? It's almost like... um. He's almost like, you know, just I'm teaching, I'm pouring out, I just need, I need to catch my breath, all right? Why don't you guys go off and take a boat ride? Don't you feel, come on parents, don't you feel like you can just take your kids off? Take a boat ride, you know, just <laughs> play in the intersection, I just need a moment, you know. I'm kidding, I didn't say that. <clears throat> but um, sometimes we just need those moments, and that's exactly what Jesus did. He said, I'm going to go find a place so that my soul can be at rest. And it, Scripture says that he goes to pray. Prayer is, is twofold. Prayer is, is talking with God, but it's also listening to him. And sometimes we need a place to be set up, to be conducive to that environment, so that our soul can actually enter something that we need it to. And the reason I say that is because oftentimes we go on vacation for that reason. I mean, why do you take vacation? To vacate something that's work, Right? You get away from one culture so that you can get into another culture. But, but have, you ever, have you ever realized that vacation sometimes can be exhausting? Like, come on, what is up with that? Like, you take vacation, and it's like everything that you can think of. When you're at work, that's all you're thinking about, when it's coming up. You're like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, great, 15 days till vacation, you know? Hey, how's it going? Great, five days till I hit the Caribbean. Two days, I'm going to get a tan. You know, you just say you dream of the vacation. Then you go there, and it happens like this. Then you get back to work, and you say, hey, how is the Caribbean? You're like, man, I'm exhausted. I need a vacation from my vacation. Come on, anybody? anybody my talkative crowd, anybody? I mean, is, are you there? Like, like, I don't know, the silent one, the note takers. You, have you guys ever experienced that too? You're writing it down. Have I experienced that? Yeah. So, so sometimes, like, whenever you have it, you go on a vacation, but then you come back and you're like, I don't know why, but I just never got the rest that I truly needed. Because that, that's it. We set up a place, but we don't actually allow our soul to come into that place so that we have the behavior, the attitude, the posture. That's what God's looking for. God wants you to set up a a day of rest. Why? So that you can enter into his rest. But he doesn't want it to be limited by a day. He wants to be limited by moments. 
You can have moments where, just like Jesus did in Mark chapter 1, he said, while it was still early and it was dark outside, he went to a desolate place to go pray to the Father. And then later on, the disciples came to him and said, good thing we found you, Jesus. Everybody's looking for you, and they're, they're over here. Come, Jesus, I don't know what you're doing on your own, but you've got a world to redeem. You know what I mean? You've got a lot of work to do. Everybody's over here, and they're waiting for it. Come, come on. Right? And then Jesus, right, he comes out of, that, out of that place, and he goes, okay, if everyone's going that way, come on, I need to go over here. You know, he, he goes in the opposite direction. So, so let me just say it like this. The place of rest is so that you can have direction with your life. If you're confused, if you've got decisions to make, if you, want the, if you want the future of what God's calling you to do to be more clear, enter into a place of rest so that God can enter and fill you up on the inside, give you a posture of rest so that you can see where you're supposed to go today. And that's even supposed to happen in the moments. Have you ever felt like that at work? You're working, you're working, you're working, and then you just get, and then you just get anxious, yet worry starts to rise up, fear starts to come in, and then you just start thinking, gosh, I'm exhausted, and that's when you're supposed to pause right there, open up the word, get a little bit of rest, get his presence, and then go back into that meeting. Okay, now I can think straight. Now I can see the way I need to. Now I can respond the way I need to. Because your, let me just say it like this, if you're taking notes, right, because I'm over here, if you're you're taking notes, if you want to enter into the Sabbath rest, it is contingent on your ability to hear God's voice. Because what we're talking about, we're not talking about rest as laziness. We're not talking about rest as naps. We're not talking about sleeping in, although those are really, really good. We're talking about a condition of your soul so it can be at rest. Although there are storms around you, there is a calm inside of you. Come on, you catching this? I'm just going to say that again. Although there may be chaos and waves and wind and, and destruction and loud noises around you, although there's evil, there is a God who is greater on the inside come on than the one on the outside and we need to be able to to say come to the wind to the waves to the storm peace be still can i suggest that you can't you can't dictate the storms around you until you let god speak to the storms inside of you our ability to enter into the rest has everything to do with our ability to listen. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 says this over and over again. He suggests this. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Enter into the rest. I love the word today, like right now. Like at work, yes, right now. On the weekend, yes, right now. In a stressful time, yes, right now. When you have no idea what your future looks like, yes, right now. When you're young, yes. When you're old, yes. It doesn't matter where you are or who you are today. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Enter into the rest. You got to love both chapters 3 and 4 because they repeat this. And it goes something like this. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart for enter is the rest. And then later on, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, enter in his rest. Are you catching this? He says it again, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, enter into his rest. He repeats this over and over again. And then he says in chapter 4, strive to enter that rest. 
You want to know why he says strive? It's because the world is going to try to keep you from having a rest that God's inviting you into. Strive to hear something, a whisper, a faded, a truth, a parable, something that checks down in your soul, something that fills your heart up, something that breaks you free. Strive to enter into that because as you hear his voice, you can enter into his rest and allow that place to change your posture so that you can have a new behavior, so that you can leave seeing the world in a new way. Because you know, we don't see things the way it is. We don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. You catching this? We see things. We perceive through the condition of our soul. If we're having a good day, anything is hopeful. Anything is possible. Even my enemies, I, I can actually, you know, talk with and laugh with. And, and, but, but you get me on my bad day, and I woke up, and like nothing's going right, and my coffee was cold. <laughs> you know, like even my best friends and my spouse, they're going to get the brunt end of it. Because we don't perceive things the way they are. We don't, we don't have a neutral look, a perspe- perspective about everything else around us. We actually view other things and other situations and everybody else the way we are. That's why God wants to enter the rest inside of here. That's why he says in Colossians 2, the hope of glory is inside. You need to be filled up with Jesus so that you can actually fill everything else around you. Let God calm the storm so that you can calm the one around you. Let God fill you up so that you can fill your atmosphere. Let God change and shift the things inside of you so that you can change and shift the things around you. And sometimes it takes a shifting and a changing so that we can actually arrive to that point. But today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Enter into his rest. Because when we enter into that place, whether it be the seventh day, when we enter into the place so they can change our posture, or whether it be in the morning, whenever, whenever we enter into the place in the morning, or whether it be part of the day, whenever we enter into that place so they can change our posture, no matter what it is, when we enter into the rest of God and the presence of God, there is something there that God wants to give you. Let me show you what it is. It happens to be in Ezekiel. I love this particular... Um, this section in Ezekiel, because um, it might be a book that you're not really s- super familiar with, but um, he's a prophet in the Old Testament. And uh, I remember uh, th- literally like this past year um, reading through, because our church does the one-year Bible, and uh, we were reading through, and, and I was going through and, and having my, uh, my time in the morning. Uh, it was super good. And, and then all of a sudden, I, I went over to, to chapter 47, because I, I just kind of had something I wanted to go after over here. And then I just was like, hey, let me just get some context. And I'm like, let me go back to chapter 46. And I started reading 46. Have you, ever do, have you ever done this, Grace Life? You start reading the Bible, and you see something new that you're pretty sure never was there before. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, you know, this is, this is my Bible, but I am pretty sure... Someone snuck that in today. Like, that is never, I've read this, you know, not, I mean, not a lot. You know, you got to be honest. I'm no theologian. I haven't really read the whole Bible. There's parts that I've kind of swapped in and out there. But I'm pretty sure that's new. Like, no one, no one ever showed me that before. Has that ever happened to you? Like, that's just, that has never been there before. The, earlier this year, this has happened. Um, and, and we, um, as the Peterson household, uh, my wife, Rebecca, and my, my two kids, uh, Emery Eve and Hudson Roman, uh, they're coming to your guys' third service. I'm super excited that you guys invited them as well, and they're going to be with me. Um, you know, we, we have a Sabbath day, and, um, and earlier this year, 
uh, at the very beginning of, of our year, it was crazy because God told us that, that we were supposed to be at rest, at peace. You, co- you couldn't get away from this particular theme. Every time I, I spent time in the Word, God was like, wait, be still, and rest. That was a the theme that God was doing in us. And then it, it lasted for a week, it lasted for two weeks, and it lasted a month and two months. And um, chronologically, like, can I just... Can I just look back on our 2017? This year is the busiest season the Petersons have ever had. I've been in more than like eight weddings this year. So can I tell you where I'm at? We're broke. You know, like, (laughs) weddings will do that. Travel here. Buy him a gift. Get a tux. We're not renting this year. I'm like, what? You know, like... Maybe I don't want to be in your wedding. No, no, no. Okay, I can't really say that. I do. And, and so, man, it's been crazy. And not only that, we've, we had termites at our house. Yeah, come on. That's just, you just want to burn the whole house down. But termites is like, oh. And, and then we had a dryer go out on us. We had a, a washer go out on us, a dishwasher flood uh, the kitchen. Uh, I had a heart issue, physical heart issue. I was in and out of the hospital. And I seemed pretty healthy, but, uh, but man, it was just a crazy, it was a crazy day. We work out. We eat well. I mean, there, there shouldn't be any reason why I would have heart conditions. And, but anyway, we, we went through that gamut. Um, we had car issues. And then, oh, one, one thing. Um, so then when, when everything was like piling up, have you ever had one of those seasons? Everything's piling up. And then God's just whispering, hey, rest. You're like, how is how that, that supposed to happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, like technically and literally and practically, how is that supposed to happen? And then I walk outside, and my, <clears throat> my wife is like, hey, I think someone keyed our car. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, that's what you want to do. Like, just destroy everything. And so we, wa- we walked outside, and I was like, what in, in the world? And so that's not really what happened in my head. That's not what I thought. But uh, I walked, <laughs> just being honest here. So I, I walked out, and uh, <clears throat> so sure enough, it was a little key part right on my car, right on the, the, the driver's door. And I, I don't have, like, a Ferrari. I mean, it's a Rolls Royce, but still. Now I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a Civic, just for the record. And sure enough, right on the driver's side, door, passenger door, bumper. Come on, somebody. And then, and then I just walked around. And then other side passenger door, other side. And then it goes up to my, my hood, and right on my hood, there's, like, graffiti of some sort. And I was like, man, this is so bad. And then my, my daughter, she's six, she likes to tell us what's going on with our family. And so, you know what I mean? And so uh, she said, yeah, that was Hudson. That was my son, my three-year-old son. And I go, I go really? Was that, was that really? And so, so it, was, it was like an inside job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got me, you know? Like, I was ready to get the enemy. I was like, man, who is it going to be? Slash some tires, do what we need to do. <laughs> get in. Pastors don't do that. And, um, but then you find out it's an inside job. What do you do? Like, what, <laughs> like, what do you do? And, um, and, and then so he, just, he took a rock and, and just, he was learning his numbers and his letters and <laughs> on my hood. And so, and the whole time, you know, you just, next day, I, I open it up, be at rest be at peace. Easy for you to say, you know. (laughs) This is the longest season of waiting and resting we've been in, and we're just finishing it up right now. And uh, I I discovered this verse in Ezekiel. It was absolutely amazing. Here's what it says. Thus says the Lord of God. Now, you got to, you got to key up. Your soul should just perk up when you hear those words. Thus says the Lord. This is for you. 
the gates of the inner courts. That's where you should be all the time. The inner courts of God. God has given you access. He has ripped down the curtain, given you inner courts placement inside of the throne of God. The inner courts that faces the east shall be shut. It shall be closed on six working days. Did you hear that? It'll be closed on six working days. But on the Sabbath day, it shall be what? On six, now say this with me. On six working days, it shall be shut. But on the Sabbath day, it shall be? God's going to open things up for you whenever you enter into his rest that you have no idea that you even had access to until you just allow him to do the work that he needs to inside of you. Come on, you catching this? He wants you to make a place of rest so that he can start to have you have a posture of rest. He wants to give the condition of your soul to be at rest in his presence, trusting that he is sovereign, that he is powerful, that he is big, that he is enough, that he is sufficient. No matter what's going on around you, God is big, strong, loving, here, ever-present, never going to forsake you, nothing separates you. And he wants you to know these truths because the God who is on the inside is greater than the one on the outside. In Jesus' name. Now I know this is a, this may be foreign talk, you know, to be at rest if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So if you could just respect those people around you, just close your eyes and, and bow your head. And what I want to do right now is just I give you the invitation. I want you to I want you to mess with the, the wrestling maybe that's going on inside of your soul. And I want to pray for you right now and I want to give you an invitation just to follow Jesus. I want you to I want you to maybe take the invitation that, that you're here at church and this is new. Maybe you're hearing about rest, hearing about Jesus for the first time ever. And you want eternity with God. Well, eternity starts right here, right now. So I'm, I'm going to offer up a prayer that I want you to make your own. If you want to give your life to God, maybe your prayer goes something like this. God, you're the creator of heaven and earth. Your handiwork is all over the place. I heard the story that said you sent down your one and only son for me to walk my life, to speak my words, to take my place on the cross. And I also heard that you rose from the grave conquering death so that I never have to fear again. And I want to put my trust in you, Jesus. I want to do that today for eternity. I want to walk with you. I want you to fill me up with your Holy Spirit because I trust in your work, your life on the cross, raised from the dead. And also I, I rest in the promise that you said you're coming back one day. So Heavenly Father, I want to give my life to you. And I pray that this would be a beginning of a conversation, a beginning of a relationship that you would lead me on. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at gracelifechurch.com.